All right, first off with this story, because for 17 years I listened to sermons and almost always it starts with a story. Um, so 20 years ago, or about 20 years ago, my mom participated in a advertisement research group. So for two hours, uh, you got paid if you um, watched a bunch of car ads, I think it was, and wrote down, you know, how they made you feel and, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Um, so my mom was like, oh, extra cash would be nice. Um, so she and a bunch of other people, you know, went, watched car ads for two hours. And um, at the end of the time, everybody uh, who had participated got instructions to line up. And when it was your turn, you'd write your name and your address down. And with the other hand, you would hold, uh, hold it out like this so that uh, someone would place the envelope of money in your hand and you'd go and that was it. So um, it's my mom's turn. She comes up, she's writing her name. She has a long name, so she feels the envelope you know, in her hand grates and you know, has to finish writing and then she feels another envelope in her hand um, and you know she was a bit confused because she thought she was you know everyone got one envelope and before she can say anything you know next and she has to move on um, she's driving home and it's like the two voices in your head you know this side Oh, you know, you haven't you haven't done stuff that's fun in a while. Buy yourself a dress, you know, go out to eat with your husband. And then the other voice is saying, You can't keep this money, this isn't yours. You can't you can't do that. So anyway, you know, the two voices all the way home, all that day she's, you know, struggling with this decision. And she wakes up the next morning and she's like I can't keep this, I'm a teacher. I can't keep this money and then go tell kids to do the right thing. Um, so she, she finds the number of the place that she was at and calls and explains the situation. And um, the woman who picked up the phone was the person who had accidentally handed her that second envelope. And um, she cannot believe that my mom is deciding to give the money back. And she's like, can I come to your house and get it you know, as convenient as possible for you? This is amazing. And so my mom is like, great. Um, and I was still a little rustled inside. You know, it's, it was the right thing, but it still didn't feel great. Um, but you know, the next day or so, this lady shows up at our house with a bouquet of flowers and heaps upon heaps of praise this woman cannot believe it. And so my mom's standing there at the door, you know, kind of taking in as, you know, all this praise is just coming and coming and coming, and it's not stopping either. And uh, there's another, she has another moment where the two voices, one voice is like, oh, yes, I'm such a good person for doing this. And the other voice is like, you're such a liar. You need to tell her that this was a struggle because it really was. And so my mom decided to tell the woman, you know, this was this was really hard for me, and I know it's the right thing, but it wasn't just an easy decision to make. That moment, those two moments, were forks in the road. You have uh, option A and option B leading in different directions. Um, one is God's way, one is 
not God's way, and you're in the middle and you have to choose. And uh, what gives us the ability to say, here I am, I will obey, is the same as what enabled Abraham in his fork in the road moment. So as I was thinking about it, there are three ingredients of obedience. You know, when you're making a cake, there's lots of ingredients that go in, but the end result is one delicious cake. It's just one, it's whole. And so the, the three ingredients that make up obedience are the choice, the mindset, and the action. So first of all, the choice. So if you see in uh, verse 3 of Genesis 22, uh, God has just asked Abraham to do this profoundly difficult thing. And Abraham's response is he gets up early, he gets the stuff he'll need, he takes two men, he takes his son with him, and goes. So he's at the fork, he chooses God's way, he obeys. And uh, as I was reading um, in preparation, I uh, learned uh, that the Latin behind the word obedience means listening. And um, if you want to hear what God says, you have to be listening or you'll, you'll miss it. So the choice is essentially listening, um, not listening to yourself, but listening to God. And I believe uh, C.S. Lewis, I know there's probably several fans out there, um, emphasizes this in a very beautiful way. So I'm going to quote him because he says it better. Quote, every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you, the part that chooses, into something a little different than it was before. And then because this is a really long quote, I'm going to paraphrase, he then goes to describe how your choices throughout your life either make you a creature of heaven or a creature of hell. And he continues, quote, each of us at each moment is progressing to the one state or the other. If you choose obedience, you're going to struggle with it your entire life. But if you choose obedience, you're going to take delight in it for your entire life. So that's the choice, ingredient one. Ingredient two, the mindset. Uh, in, in verse eight, uh, Abraham and Isaac are traveling up the mountain, and Isaac asks about the lamb, which is very obviously missing from their careful preparations. And God, um, not God, Abraham, um, said to Isaac, his son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. That's the mindset. The mindset of obedience is trusting that God will provide. And if you don't feel like obe being obedient, trust that the Lord will help you to feel obedient. Pray, ask, and trust. And if you are obedient, but you're afraid because it's scary to be obedient and you don't know what's going to happen, trust that the Lord will provide courage for you. Um, Abraham's response is always, here I am. And that obedience is possible for him because he, he trusts that the Lord will provide. Um, even though he doesn't know how, he trusts. Um, and for some of you, this passage might be difficult because 
you've come to a fork in the road that's intense, like Abraham's fork in the road was intense, and you don't think you could have that obedience, that that mindset, and um, maybe maybe you don't think you've experienced a fork in the road like that, and so you don't think that if you ever were faced with that, you could even begin to be obedient like that. Well, here's a bit of context on Abraham's life. If you read back uh, earlier in Genesis, uh, Genesis 12, to be precise, Abraham uh, and his wife Sarah were moving around. They're nomads, you know, picking up their tents, going who knows where, um, probably promised land, you know, but. Um, uh, but he, he arrives in this new land, and, um, and he's afraid that the king of that land is going to, to kill him because his wife Sarah is very beautiful, and so he decides to tell a lie. She's my sister. You know, now, now I'm not a target, and everything will be good. And obviously, um, if you keep reading, uh, the... The lie is found out, and it's very embarrassing for Abraham, but he does find out that the king had no intention of killing him. Um, no few. Um, but uh, so, you know, he made a mistake, gets back on his feet, and then if you read in Genesis 20, he's in a similar predicament, a different king, but he tells the same lie. She's my sister, you know, don't, don't harm me. And um, lie gets found out. It's... Again, very embarrassing, but both times, God forgives him. And God will forgive you if you have to make a U-turn to get back to the right fork. Um, the second bit of context I'd like to give you is um, uh, when we come to Genesis 22, uh, we see Abraham at his finest hour of faith. Uh, Abraham was 75 years old when, when God called him. And uh, we know from the story that Isaac was an adolescent, which would make Abraham roughly 115, 116, which means that when God asked him to do this profoundly hard thing, Abraham had been following God for 40 years, roughly. Um, sometimes our ability to say, here I am, is a product of years of cultivating our relationship with God. And uh, I think Psalm 23 really uh, illustrates the mindset of obedience. You know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Um, if you, you want something tangible to memorize or something that's condensed and beautiful like a psalm, memorize that because that's the mindset, the trusting that God will provide. Um, so, mindset, ingredient two. The uh, third ingredient is the action. So, in verse 10, um, you have Abraham with the knife raised to slaughter his son. We know that God had intervened, but he was, you know, he was about to carry out. He had chosen to follow God. He has a mindset God will provide, though I don't know how. And there you have him at that moment where, you know, you have to follow through. And the action is the completion of these, these three ingredient, ingredients. And the choice and the mindset make, make the action possible. Um, but you can, you, can tell, you can tell when someone is obeying genuinely 
and when someone is obeying because they have to. You can see it in their eyes, in their tone, in their posture, their movement. You can tell without the mindset of obedience, the action is nothing. James, um, James said, said it, faith without works is dead. And um, you know, in these, these two ingredients, remember that God provides, just as he provided a ram for Abraham, he provided the lamb, his son, for all of us. Let me give you an illustration. I'm an artist. It's what I've wanted to do ever since I was little. Um, but as I've grown up, I've you know, seen the impracticality of being an artist. It's just not, not your practical, steady job. Um, and sometimes even creating art is frustrating, it's hard, sometimes it doesn't turn out the way I want it to. Um, so why do I still want to become an artist when I grow up? It's because it's my gift from God. It's, it would be stupid to, to give that up. And art is my calling. And despite the strain there might be, and I know there's probably going to be a lot of strain and hardship in following a career like that, I, I get the greatest joy in doing it because it's what I'm made to do. I have to obey that. And I've already, I've already seen provision in my life. As an artist, as a visual person, I love and need beauty. And God has always provided beauty for me. I've never lacked for it ever in my entire life. And I can, I can see provision in my family um, as I watch my parents follow their calling, um, sometimes I can't see it. It doesn't feel like provision, but a little perspective, and it's blinding me in the face. I, you can't just not see it, and I believe that God will continue to provide for me. The, the ingredients of obedience have to be in place. Faith without obedience is like a cake with no sugar. A cake that isn't sweet is not a cake. I know, I love cake. <laughs> and I know that obedience doesn't always taste sweet. That's just true. But Cultivating a relationship with God and choosing to obey, choosing the right fork in the road, and continuing in it will draw out the sweetness of obedience. The Bible is a collection of fork in the road stories. You have stories of people who chose the, the right fork and obeyed the Lord, and then you have stories of people who chose the wrong fork and they knew it and disobeyed. Uh, we can learn from both. And the reason, the reason God wants us to obey is because he wants our spiritual well-being. He loves us so much. I know you've heard that a lot. You know, God loves me. It's very true, and I can't emphasize that enough. Um, but he held nothing back. He holds nothing back from us. Um, he, he showed us what obedience looks like uh, through the ultimate
fork in the road moment, Jesus' death on the cross. And yes, that's an example, but it's not just an example. It's the love of the Father personified. He, he did all that. You, you know, it's, it's so important. And Jesus had a fork in the road, and he chose to obey. But he himself is the right fork. You choose him, and you choose the right fork. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And obedience is our response to that love. And in that perspective, it seems so little to ask. Um, the mindset of obedience is God will provide. Through the story of Abraham, we have confidence that God will provide. Such a provision, I mean, when, like, if you're like me and have grown up with that story your entire life, you, you kind of, you know, it washes over your head how, how shocking and, you know, you, you wonder what might have happened, but no, God provided. Um, and so if you doubt that or question it, ask God to help you to choose the right fork in the road and say, here I am. Amen.